ask about two thirty. Okay, cool. Yeah, I I thought the Chargers were gonna blow away the AFC last year, but never trust Staley and his defense. No, no, I had them second, so I'm I, I feel good about that. I had the Chiefs to win the division. Still, I didn't have them in the Super Bowl, but you know, mm-hmm. it is what it is. All right. All right, we're back talking the fun conference, the AFC, which I think was hyped to be one of the better conferences in totality in the past few years. And I think I was looking at the standings, and I think it lived up to it. It might not have lived up to it for reasons that we were expecting it to. I think in particular the AFC West was a massive disappointment for almost everyone out there. Um. But, yeah, I guess we'll just jump into it. Why don't we start with my least favorite division in this entire league, the AFC South. So, I had I had the Colts going 10-7. and seven. I had the Titans going 8-9. and nine. Jags 6-11. and 11. The Texans 4-13. and 13. So, I got, I got the Texans right. I was off by one game. Um... I I kind of had the Titans right there. I had them going nine and eight. They went seven and ten. But uh, yeah, the Colts. What can we say about the Colts that hasn't been said enough at this point? Yeah, I, look, I, I was a year behind John Jacksonville. I thought that Jacksonville was going to take the leap this coming year, but the fact that they were a year ahead of schedule, in retrospect, and kind of as we were seeing it, wasn't that surprising because. You trade Urban Meyer for Doug Peterson, who was a very competent head coach. And what do you know? They act like a competent franchise. Mm-hmm. And I am definitely one of the people that were wrong on Jacksonville. I thought I wasn't a big believer in Doug Peterson just because if you watched him his last year in Philly, his team would be doing stupid things like quarterbacks turning the wrong way on handoffs, um, just miscoordinated screens and – I thought that that would leak into Jacksonville this year, but no, he he was a really impressive coach, and I thought both Houston and Jacksonville would be competing for top five picks, and I really thought uh, the Colts and the Titans would be competing for the division title. So um, I was definitely wrong on this conference, and I definitely have to give a lot of props to Jacksonville because they're by far looking like the favorite to run away with this division next year. Yeah, you look at Trevor going into the season was horrible to begin with. But I think everyone was willing to write off the 2021 season just because of the, we'll just call them shenanigans that was surrounding Urban Meyer. You know, everything from uh, hanging out with college students in inappropriate ways to kicking the kicker. Uh, Lawrence had... 12 touchdowns and 17 interceptions his first season to 25 touchdowns and eight interceptions through for 4,000 yards in his second season. He had some games where, you know, that it was looking a little, little rough, especially in the beginning of the year, but towards the final stretch, aside from that Titans, I really believe that the Jags should have lost that. Trevor played really, really well. I, I don't think that he's quite lived up to the he's the next Peyton Manning or Andrew Luck yet, but it was the second season. I thought it was a promising step forward, and I 
expect them to win the division. I don't think the division will be as bad as people are going to predict it will be. I think that the Colts, if they can just get a competent quarterback, they still have pieces around them to make some noise in the league. I'm not going to say that that they're going to be you know a 500 or above team, but I mean, even the Texans, we saw with the Texans last year that they didn't win a lot of games, but shoot, Lovey Smith had them playing hard. They took the Chiefs to overtime for crying out loud. And then a couple other games, they played really, really close. I don't expect them to be, you know, pushovers by any means, especially in a, in a division. And I think the one I feel the least optimistic about is the Titans, because I don't know where you go from here. They don't, not, they don't have a high draft pick. Uh, Malik Willis in his short tenure last year was not good. And they just, they have Derrick Henry, who's getting old. They have, they have one receiver and Okonkwo at tight end. Mike, Mike Favreau is probably my favorite coach in the division, but shoot, I don't expect him to be anything above a 500 team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Tennessee, uh, their defense is probably still going to be really nasty. So they're they're going to give teams super hard battles next year, especially with Vrabel at head coach. But on the offensive side of the ball, I mean, Traylon Burks didn't really pan out to be the equivalent of A.J. Brown, which is a <sighs> terrible loss. Their offensive line's looking terrible. Um, you know, Ryan, it's – just going to be Derrick Henry and Ryan Tannehill with like nothing around them. So they really, they don't have the cap room or draft capital. And they're kind of in that limbo where they're not going to, they're going to win enough games to not be, have a top 10 pick, but also go nowhere in the playoffs. So I think Tennessee is in a tough spot, but they will definitely be a scrappy team this year. Um, Indianapolis definitely has some pieces. I think people forget how down at Jonathan Taylor was um, his first two seasons in the league. So uh, you definitely can't count out that team. They have pieces on the O-line. Michael Pittman's a stud. Like like you said, uh, they just need to figure out that quarterback position, and it, it won't be as bad as this past year for Indianapolis. And uh, Houston, they definitely have a lot of holes to fill, but I think they have – their head coach and D'Amico Ryans, they have a bunch of draft capital and cap space. So, and, and like you said, they took Kansas city to the wire and they're, they're also, I think going to be a scrappy team. I think they're still going to be a top 10 pick team, but probably in like the five to 10 range. Yeah. I think the Texans are a year or two away from being in the conversation for, Oh, they could be a sneaky dark horse team in the AFC and what is a very crowded AFC conference and looks like it will be for years to come. But I I think of the teams in the AFC, the AFC South is really going to be predicated on what the draft and free agency looks like for these teams because I think they could make some big swings in the draft, especially the Colts and the Titans – or not Titans, the Texans both have top five picks – I won't be shocked if either one of them tries to get the number one overall pick. Um, again, I don't, I don't have a great read. The combine just happened. I don't have an amazing read on the prospects 
I expect Bryce Young or CJ Stroud will be the number one overall pick, but Will Levis is getting some buzz for the sneaky first overall pick. Um, honestly, I think I think I'd rather just have it be the Jags and, and no one else be relevant because the Colts head coach that they picked, I think, was uninspired and almost felt like they had to just pick someone. And look, the Eagles' offense was amazing, but I, man, I still don't think Frank Wright got what he deserved. And I guess it's a good thing they didn't go with Jeff Saturday, so I'll give him props on that. But as for the salary cap, the Texans have about forty million in capital to spend. Now, obviously, a lot of these teams that have the most cap space tend to not spend it all. The Bears have $95 million. I don't think we'll spend it all. But the Colts have about $12 million, And then the Jaguars and the Titans are both in the bottom with $20 million over the cap. So I don't expect them to be able to make moves in free agency a whole lot, even with Trevor Lawrence on his rookie contract and Tannehill on a manageable contract. But, yeah, I think if I had to rank these teams, I'd go Jags. Uh, I, I'm taking the draft into consideration, but I'd probably go Colts two, and then just because of Mike Vrabel, I'll go Titans three, and then Texans four to be the the worst team in this division. But I don't think it'll be as bad as we expect it to be. But I also don't see it being an interesting division, at least for this year. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I think it's very top heavy with Jacksonville, and then you'll have three very scrappy teams that will put up a fight every Sunday, but I don't think they'll be come close to either winning this division or coming close to the playoffs. Agreed. All right. We got the worst one out of the way. Let's move on to the AFC East. Buffalo flex its muscle again. I believe this is the fourth or fifth straight year they've won the division. Um. Uh, I got to be honest, we, we talked about it during the playoffs. Buffalo's got some real holes, and the further along we go with this version of them, the more nervous I'm getting. I expect them to win the division, but I think it'll be a lot closer than it was this year. The Bills went 13-3, and Dolphins went 9-8, and the Patriots went 8-9, and and the Jets went 7-10 and with bottom 32 quarterback play. I, again, kind of like the AFC South, free agencies, I think, will shake up this division. You've got Buffalo losing pieces. They God, they need to get someone to help out Josh Allen in the run game because he can't do it all by himself. I was in love with Gabe Davis at the end of the previous year, 2021, but I am unconvinced that he's actually a wide receiver too anymore. He's very sporadic. And we talked about the offensive line not being as good as it should be, causing Josh Allen to have to do everything by himself. And we saw that in in, in Indianapolis. It can carry a team for a while, but uh, there's always a breaking point with this. And I'm not saying it's going to be this year. But this is the lowest I've felt about the Bills in a few years. Yeah, Buffalo, ever since signing Josh Allen, just in 
I mean, you just see it for multiple teams like my Seahawks with Russ. Like once once you sign that quarterback, you just start losing and losing pieces. And I think one thing that's unmentioned about Buffalo is that Jordan Poyer and Micah Hyde are both going to want new deals, and they're negative twenty million under the cap. So that those are two um, release candidates for the Bills. Um, you know, I, I I don't think the defense is going to be nearly as good as they were last year. Cause I think they're going to lose a bunch of pieces. They don't have too much draft capital. And then also their offensive line is just not good. When you watch Buffalo on offense, it's, it's crazy what Josh Allen could do. Cause he literally just takes that team and carries it on his back. So, I mean, Josh Allen totally deserves the money and could definitely by himself single-handedly get the bills to the Super Bowl, But, He's going to have a lot less roster talent this year, and the team's just going to be in more and more debt as time goes on. So it's definitely not looking good for Buffalo this year. I'd still have them, at least in the AFC, I'd still have them as a top five team because I think you and I both agree that Josh Allen is, at minimum, a top five quarterback, if not top three. But... There just there comes a point with these guys that they can't do it all by themselves. And I'm not trying to put the blame on everyone else aside from Allen. He definitely bears responsibility. And I mean, look at that Dolphins game. Trying to do too much and kept the Dolphins in the game when they should have had it under control from jump. But I'm gonna say it again. I I don't think McDermott's that great of a head coach. I I don't. And it makes me sad that they had Brian Dable, and we saw what, what Brian Dable was able to do as head coach. Uh, we obviously saw what he did with um, with the offense with uh, Josh Allen, but, man, if they were able to retain him, and obviously you couldn't fire McDermott because they've gone over 10 wins in the last five years, but, yeah, the, the future is not bleak. There's still – Every bit the contender in the AFC, but yeah, I'm I, I'm not very confident on them. And another reason why I'm not that confident on them is I think this division is going to be improved. Uh, the Patriots finally got an offensive coordinator. Matt Patricia is no longer the OC. I can't believe he actually lasted the whole season. That's the most mind-boggling part of that whole thing. Uh, I don't think Mac Jones is horrible. I think he's at best top 15. But I think getting Bill O'Brien in there will be a tremendous help for them. And I won't be shocked if they make a uncharacteristic splash in free agency. Currently, they have the seventh most cap space. I don't expect them to get DeAndre Hopkins. I've seen that floated around. But I think I don't know what the personal relationship is between Bill O'Brien and DeAndre Hopkins, but I don't, I can't imagine it being good. So I don't see that as, as a spot for him, but I I think the Patriots will be improved. Uh, Dolphins. Will Tua be able to play? Uh, he passed concussion protocol uh, a month and a half ago, but look, I think even if you get, like, we saw Teddy Bridgewater be okay. We saw Skylar Thompson almost win a playoff game for them, for crying out loud. I think they'll be 
either on par with what they were this year at nine and eight or slightly better. And then the Jets, can they just get, you know, top 20 quarterback play? Because if they get top 20 quarterback play, they'll be in the playoffs. I mean, if Geno Smith doesn't come back to Seattle, (laughs) does he go back to the Jets and lead them? Because I think with Geno, they'd be at least a nine-win team. Uh, They seem to be the most likely spot for Derek Carr if he's trying to win. But then again, they're the most likely spot for Aaron Rodgers. So who knows who they end up with? Uh, By the way, free agency starts next Wednesday. So we'll do a big preview for next week and then obviously recap everything that happened the following week just because there's going to be a lot of free agent news going on from the 15th through the weekend. So you might know what the Jets quarterback position looks like going into 2023. Um, I think if I had to rank them, I'll I'll go Bills number one because they have far and away the best player in the division. But then I'm going to go the Jets, Dolphins, Patriots. And I don't think the drop-up between these four teams is, is that crazy. Oh, yeah. I totally agree with you. Uh, I I really think the Jets will win this division next year. Even with Derek Carr, all they literally need is a serviceable quarterback with that roster. And they will probably – I'd put them up there with Kansas City for probably the best team in the AFC. Because, I mean, you got – You'll have so many players coming back. You'll have Brees Hall coming back, Elijah Vera Tucker, Makai Becton. Uh, three young offensive superstars for that team that'll be coming back. Garrett Wilson just won Offensive Rookie of the Year. He's going to be so good next year if he just has someone serviceable throwing to him. So you pair up that that much-improved offense with I what I think is the best defense in the league. And I, I, I think the Jets are – cooking with peanut oil next year. I, I really think they win the, the division. And um, I, I would put the Bills at number two. You can't deny the talent of Josh Allen, but I, I just don't trust this team when they're playing a super deep roster like the Jets are probably going to be next year. So I, I think it's only a matter of time before Buffalo realizes that you can't just – rely on your star quarterback to carry a team year in and year out. And then for the third spot, I'll definitely go with, I think it's close just because I know New England now, like you said, as an offensive coordinator, they have a bunch of cap space and they already have a bunch of pieces that are, uh, it's trending in the right direction for New England, but Miami, aside from the quarterback position, who knows if Tua plays, I honestly don't know if he will because three concussions could that's life altering right there. So, but I mean, they, they have some of the best pass rush in the league with all the players they have up front. Um, the, the, I forget the, their D coordinator's name that took over from Brian Flores, but he, he's running the same scheme and still putting up a bunch of crafty blitzes and, you know, their defense, I almost chose Miami to upset Buffalo in the playoffs just because this defense just schemed up so well with the Bills' offensive line. And then also, you know, they signed Teron Armstead last year. They have Connor Williams, Robert Hunt. Um, They have studs on their offensive line, and not to mention you have Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell. They're just such a well-rounded team, and I think that they will be a fringe wildcard team. I mean, all – 
all four of these teams, especially depending on what they do in the off season, are they're all going to be competing for the playoffs. So it's definitely going to be a very fun division next year. I agree. And the more that we're looking at the AFC, the more excited I get for this conference and to see it play out. Again, we felt that way last year and it worked out in some ways and it did not work out in others. So why don't we move on to what was supposed to be the greatest division of all time. You know, there were people that had these teams winning double digit uh, games in the entire division. And it turned out to not happen because once again, and I think, this might have been the most nonsense take of 20. Well, picking the Chiefs to miss the playoffs. Look, I get Tyreek Hill. He's a game changer. Clearly made the Dolphins much better than they were the previous year. But they had the Packers, which didn't work out. But I thought that the Chiefs did more than enough in free agency and in the draft to shore up their skill positions to the point where they wouldn't miss them. They'd have to adapt to their game more and we saw Mahomes do that we saw him be more patient more willing to go well Reed was more willing to go to the run game and it paid off dividends and they won the Super Bowl uh, I, I don't buy that nobody believed us and no well, there were definitely people who picked them to miss the playoffs which I again I thought was crazy but uh, I, I didn't expect this team to drop off that much um, but they were better than they've been in any other year. Uh, between Isaiah Pacheco and Jarek McKinnon, they have a legitimate running game now. And the wide receiver pieces stepped up enough when they needed to to make it work. And then when you have Travis Kelsey, who is the... You're going... Made it abundantly clear to everyone that he is the best quarterback in the NFL... And it shouldn't be a discussion. I, I get that he's only one and three against the Bengals, but the, the, it's a team game, people. And quarterback wins is a stupid stat. As for the rest of the division, the Chargers went 10 and 7. It did not feel like that for much of the season. They once again suffered injuries. I can't wait to see what the weight room grade is. I know that the Ravens got an F minus and I think the Chargers should be somewhere around there because they cannot seem to keep players healthy for whatever reason it could be. I don't know. Um, Gosh, they fired Joe Lombardi, which I think is a step in the right direction. Brandon Staley's still there. Look, we loved him last year and we hated him this year. So maybe we'll love him again this year. Bring in Kellen Moore. I think that the offense will be improved. Now, the issue is their cap is not great right now. They're currently $20 million over the cap at sitting at 27th. Keenan Allen has been rumored to either be cut or traded. If they do that, they need to get someone else in there because Mike Williams can't stay healthy. And then the other guys have only been able to step up in certain spots. Um, I want the Chargers to be great because I love Herbert. But I expect them to be around this spot again next year. You know, 10 and 7, maybe 11 and 6, and 9 and 8. And then the other two teams in this division, 
<laughs> well, um, why don't we have you talk about those? Because I don't really want to talk about the Raiders and the Broncos. Your <laughs> man, Russ. Yeah, Russ. I I, I actually had really like Denver and Las Vegas this year. And um even without well, car. That is true. I but at the same time I I really think that the Raiders end up getting Aaron Rodgers at the end of the day. Uh I think he wants to reunite with Devontae. I think the Raiders at the same time they got what the third most cap space in the league so they can fix all those holes on defense where they already have Max Crosby coming off the edge. And uh, I, I think it's just this off season Vegas is going to open some eyes, which is why I'm really high on them going into the next year, but only time will tell. Uh, Cause I mean, their offensive line is probably a lot better than people expect Hunter Renfro's and Devontae Adams combined, along with Darren Waller, would probably be Aaron Rodgers' best receiving core that he's ever had. Uh, I mean, this is all theoretical if Aaron Rodgers goes there, of course. But, you know, they'll have the offense to put up a bunch of points, and they'll have the cap space to revamp that defense where you already have someone that's competing for defensive player of the year next year. So I think it's looking really promising for the Raiders and I fully expect them to go all in this off season. And then for Denver, you know, that, as I said before, the jets have the best defense in the league, but I think Denver, I think undebatably they have a top five defense in the league. Um, that, I mean, Patrick Sertain, uh, trying to think, Justin. Who, who's their safety? Simmons is really good. They just have players all over the place, and you know they. The whole meme last year was all Denver had to do was score seventeen points, and they would be in the playoffs. And I think adding Sean Payton, I think he'll hum, having someone that's higher than Russ will humble him because the way you use Russ is you run the ball over and over again. I think. Sean Payton's offense is very run heavy. And I think he'll be able to humble Russ enough to get him to play how he was in Seattle. So I'm, I think Denver might be competing for a wild card spot next year. And I'm happy that the year that a Seahawks fans needed a Russ to not do well, he didn't do well. So now I could actually cheer him on and not feel bad about it. So I think Denver is going to be, looking really good. And I think this division's going to look probably a lot better than last year. I mean, people probably won't look at it like it was last year, but I, I think it's going to be, I think right behind the AFC East is the most exciting conference. Yeah, you know, I, I kid, but I, I do agree that if the Raiders are able to land some quarterback, I, I think if they get someone like Garoppolo, I'm not that, I'm not as high on them. Because while the Raiders do have a lot of cap space, I don't expect them to shore up the defense enough to the point where it's kind of what Jimmy was playing with in San Francisco. But if they are able to get Rodgers, we talked about it last week, I I still think Rodgers has a lot of play left. Um, I think also people forget that he didn't start for the first three years of his career. And I don't think that last year was him falling off a cliff. I think it was, you know, 
players that he wasn't really experienced with and he didn't have a stalwart like with we compare the Chiefs and Packers situation. Rodgers didn't have a um, Travis Kelsey to go to when things broke down. He had really no one to dump the ball off to aside from Aaron Jones that he was fully confident. And then even when he would do it to Aaron Jones, they'd either be off target or Jones would drop it. Um, But so I think if he does go to the Raiders, it would be one of the better receiving core that he's had. I, I think I still probably have to give it to the, one of Jordy Nelson's last years there, we had Jordy Cobb and Devontae Adams after his rookie year. Uh, he obviously wasn't Devontae Adams that he is now, but um, he's definitely getting better. And then the Broncos, I, I, I agree. I, I think that they – I mean, it really can't be worse than what they were last year. They were awful to watch. Just one of the least fun offenses to watch ever. I hated it. Aside from when they played the Chiefs, um, it was abysmal watching them. They scored 287 points in the entirety of the season, which I'm looking at a quick glance was the least points scored even behind the Colts and the Texans by two points. So that shows you where they were on the season. They They were a horrendous team to watch and they, they can't, be worse. Like, I, I just believe that they will not be worse. Hopefully Javante Williams is able to come back relatively soon because I think getting someone like him in Peyton's system will be a godsend because I think he is a real special player. Um, unfortunately, a torn ACL with a running back, you just don't know. Some guys come back and they're like brand new and then you see guys like J.K. Dobbins who they kind of come back uh, it's a lot longer than you want it to be. And even when they come back, the odds of them getting re-injured again, it is pretty high. But yeah, I think this division will look more like what we were expecting it to last year. Um, I fully expect the Chiefs to be at the top. I think the Chargers are still the second best team. We'll see what they're able to do in free agency next week and then in the draft you know the Chargers always have a good draft but they never seem to pan out when the season actually starts so here's hoping that they finally get a good solid draft and they show up in games this time but uh, yeah Chiefs best team in the in the league still I think arguably yeah I mean I don't even know if it's arguable that when you have Mahomes like it just gives you such a huge advantage and they're not even like that much in salary debt. I mean, what is it right now? They're like in minus 473,000. They could easily restructure Mahomes' contract. I know they have to resign or look in the draft to get new tackles on both sides, but I mean, just looking at this franchise and the way they've drafted ever since they signed Mahomes their GM has put some insane draft classes together and I mean you can look all over those defense and it's just guys that have been raised in Kansas City ever since the draft and you know he deserves a lot of credit and I think with that GM drafting and the fact that you have one probably the one uh, I mean, I want to 
call him like one of the greatest, but I'll, I'll say it here. Like you have one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time on your roster. I think they'll be the best team in the league next year. I think you can make the argument now that he's a top five quarterback ever. I don't know if I want to have that discussion necessarily right now, but I just looking at his resume, it's, it's pretty hard to keep him out of even the top 10 of all time quarterbacks. It's, I mean, it's crazy what he's been able to do in the first five years of his career. And I think top to bottom, he's got the most stable and best organization in the NFL. I don't think Reed's going anywhere for at least another five, ten years. Um, Brad Veach is an amazing GM, and the Hunt family is great ownership. I I don't think you could ask for a better spot to be in right now if you are the Chiefs. Because like you said, they're barely, barely over the cap. You can restructure and get out of there easily. And they have all their picks still. Uh, this isn't a team that went all in like the Bucks or the Rams and is now going to have to pay the price. No, they can just keep on keeping on for the next several years. Like, you know, nothing's changed. They had a bunch of rookies on the defensive side and they showed up in the Super Bowl when it mattered. I don't see anyone dethroning them next year. Aside from a team in the AFC North, which I think will be the most intriguing division because there's more question marks in this division than anything. So why don't we start at the top? The Bengals, once again, win the AFC North. They finish out the season with a winning streak of eight. Currently have the sixth most cap space in the league. Uh, look, this I, I didn't expect this team to have a Super Bowl hangover. And for all intents and purposes, they didn't. They were a few plays away from being back in the Super Bowl. And with what I saw from the Eagles, I think they could have won that game. I really do. Despite the offensive line breaking down towards the end, the lack of depth really showed for them. I expect them to address that as much as they can in the back part of the draft. And I'm looking at their free agents right now. Obviously, Jesse Bates and Von Bell are important. I don't know if they'll be able to keep them because they also have Trey Flowers, who's a free agent. Um... Look, Samaj P. Ryan, I think he's gone. I think Joe Mixon's probably gone. So I see them addressing the running back position at some point uh, in free agency or the draft. The one that I really hope they're able to get back is Hayden Hurst because it seems like on every crucial play where they needed to keep a drive going, they went to Hayden Hurst. He didn't have an amazing year stat-wise, but watching the games, he always seemed to come up when – he absolutely needed to. And I'll give Eli Apple credit. He played well in the playoffs. He he still talks way too much for my liking, but he's a free agent. I think they're going to have to do something. Obviously, do the cornerback position because their entire secondary is in free agency right now. Um, I, I, I don't see this team dropping off. And while I think this division is still really, really good, I still see them as the top dog in the division and the second best team in the conference. Yeah, I, I think the NFC or not NFC AFC North is going to be really interesting. I I do think Cincinnati, with the cap space, with the firepower 
that they have on defense and the fact that they – I mean, it'll be interesting to see if they use any of that cap because right at the end of this next year, you're going to have to re-sign Joe Burrow, and in the future, you're going to have to re-sign Jamar Chase. So there's been talks of possibly trading T. Higgins this offseason um, as a possibility. But I think at the end of the day, I think this is the the last year before they got to pay Joe Burrow a lot of money. So – I think they'll use some of that cap space up, sure up the O-line. Hopefully they won't have any injuries. And this defense, they're lead at stopping the run. And they're just so underrated. And there's a reason that they've been competing the last two years to win a Super Bowl. So I think they're still the top dog in the AFC North. I think Baltimore is right on their tail. But if Lamar is not there, then you could kiss that goodbye. I think they go from second best to the worst team in the division because they he is everything to them, and we saw that come to fruition. Because Tyler Huntley, remember when people thought that he was almost as good as Lamar the previous year because he put up stats? That was a fun conversation for five weeks. Um, absolutely ridiculous. I, I. I don't see Lamar staying in in Baltimore anymore. I, I just feel like we would have heard something about a contract by now. And Lamar seems like he's one of those guys who's willing to stand his ground and not bend. So, look, the Ravens, they've been one of the steadier organizations for the last decade. Um, they had some lean years in the mid-2010s. But I don't expect them to drop off a cliff. But this, I was, I mean, the Steelers impressed me. They went nine and eight last year with subpar quarterback play. Uh, Mike Tomlin just gets his guys to play, and when T.J. Watt is healthy and right, that division is or that division that defense is terrifying, and their offense can do just enough to capitalize on the turnovers that the defense creates. And Kenny Pickett, I think, will be at least marginally improved going into next year. I, I do see the Steelers, you know, being right where they were this year, you know, nine and eight, maybe even 10 and seven. They finished the season on a, on a four win streak. I think they're going to be good. And then you got the Browns with the biggest question mark, maybe aside from Baltimore, is this any good? Uh, he didn't really show it even at the end of the season. But if he's even back to top 15, this team's still really good. And I, I think this is going to be a slugfest going into next season. It might be – this might be the toughest division in the AFC, maybe even the NFL, if Lamar stays. Yeah, if – I mean, if Lamar stays, Baltimore will definitely be in that conversation. Uh, but if not, there – I think – a team that's very comparable is the Titans. You'll have defensive pieces and a a good overall defense to be a scrappy team in any game. But when you have the offensive talent that they do, you're not going to do much with that. So I think it, if Baltimore doesn't retain Lamar Jackson, they're they're definitely going to finish in the bottom of the AFC North. Um, it, when talking about the Browns, yeah. My problem with the Browns isn't even Deshaun Watson. I think 
Deshaun Watson at the end of the year improved a little bit from the start. I think he got some of the cobwebs out. So even if Deshaun Watson turns back to old form, I just can't trust this Cleveland defense. They literally have no no one on the front seven outside of Miles Garrett that could either pass rush or stop the run. Teams are running all over them last year. And when it comes to December and November and January football, when you're facing a team like the Bengals that are going to stop your run and probably run all over you, I, I just don't see how this team could come out of the division. It's just such a huge flaw of the Cleveland Browns. And even if Deshaun Watson plays how the way they paid him, I just, I just see, I see this team like the Lions last year, earlier in the year where they'd put up a bunch of points, but their defense couldn't stop a nosebleed. So I, I see it being very similar to that next year for them. Um, and then Pittsburgh, I, I, I really like Pittsburgh going into last year. Kenny Pickett really improved. Um, he surprised me this past year. Um, they got a pretty solid low line, surprisingly, even though people went, probably wouldn't agree. Um, they got two solid receivers in Deontay Johnson and George Pickens. And, I mean, Najee Harris hasn't been playing up to expectation, but he's still a serviceable running back. And I think it's just a good enough offense to get by. But when you talk about Mike Tomlin and Steelers' defense, I mean, they're going to be stacked all over the place. And when you have T.J. Watt in the game, he is such a game wrecker and will always keep that offense into the game. So if we were to rank all these teams in the AFC North, I think I would go Cincinnati number one, definitely Pittsburgh number two, Cleveland number three, and Baltimore number four. Um, But Baltimore, I think, does go to number two if they retain Lamar. I got bad news for Pittsburgh. Mason Rudolph is a free agent next year. <laughs> Look out. If if the Jets snag him up, man, get ready. It's Mason Rudolph season. Uh, yeah, I, I agree with that. And obviously that's what the expectation that Lamar Jackson will not be there, which will suck because I love Lamar. And I was really high on the Ravens going into last year. I had them second. I had them going 10-7. and seven, had the Bengals going 11-6. and six, So I was one off on that uh, count. But I got the – man, what if I had there? I actually got the Ravens dead right. Oh, well, that feels good. And I was one off on the Steelers and one off on the Browns. But I think that brings us to the end of this where we pick the playoff teams. So I think it's – I think the division winners – at least to me, are obvious. Um, obviously, we have our own expectations of how free agency and the, um, the draft will play out. But I have the Chiefs going, you know, first seed. I don't think that's a surprise to anyone. It shouldn't be. I have the Jags winning the South, the Bengals winning the North. And at least for this year, I'm <clears> – <throat> You know what? No, I'm going to go out on a limb. I'm going to take the Jets to win the AFC East. And then I have the Bills as a wild card along with the Chargers. And, ooh, the seventh playoff spot is tough. I am going to – you know what? I'm going to I'm gonna say that – I'm going to go with Dolphins. So three teams from the AFC East. So Chiefs, Chargers, Jags, Bengals, Bills, Dolphins, and Jets to make the playoffs next year. All right. 
I totally agree with you on the division winners. I have uh, Kansas City winning the West. I have Cincinnati winning the North. I got the Jets winning the East, and then Jacksonville winning the South. And then um, my top playoff spot is definitely going to be taken by the Bills. I I just can't count out Josh Allen, even though I don't really think their roster will be good coming up. You mean the top wild card? Yeah, top wild card. Um, I think my next wild card spot is, although I hated them last year, I'm going to go with the Denver Broncos. I think that defense will play up to how they were doing last year. And I think Sean Payton humbles Russ. I think Javante Williams comes back and has an absolute monster year. Um, I just think that team with that defense, I'm just going to trust them to get a wild card spot. That doesn't get talked about enough because the Broncos for the first 10 weeks or so, that defense kept them in every single game. And then they just gave up because they they just knew whenever they got to stop that, well, what does it matter? The offense won't be able to do anything as it stands. So I think that's going to be a, an underrated conversation that should be happening and that the Broncos defense is still really, really good. They just stopped trying at a point in the year last year because why should they – go all out when the other side of the of the team didn't have their back. Oh yeah, definitely. I, I I'd be I think everyone's going to not like Denver coming in the year, but I I definitely see how good that defense was and I mean, I'm I'm so happy that I could now finally cheer for Russ cuz now however he does does not affect the Seahawks draft capital, so um, I, I really think Denver is going to turn around this year. And uh, I'm ready. I'm going to call it out before anyone sees it. And I, I'm going to put a prize team for my last one. I, I'm actually going to put the Pittsburgh Steelers. It kind of goes with Denver. I'm just going to take the team that will not turn over the ball on offense, and they will absolutely de- be so intimidating and demolish anyone on defense. So, I mean, I'm I'm leaving out teams like the Chargers, um, Miami. I'm leaving some good teams out of there. So, um, yeah, I'm going to go with those teams as my playoff teams before free agency in the draft. The Steelers and Broncos are – I don't think those are going to be – those sound crazy right now, but I think once the season gets going and we see these teams in action, I don't think – that's going to be that crazy going out on a limb with those teams because, I mean, I don't think Pittsburgh is that crazy at all. Uh, obviously, with Denver, getting Sean Payton is such a massive upgrade, just game management style um, compared to Nathaniel Hackett's lack of that. should be the biggest upgrade that anyone gets in the offseason. Um, do you have a... March 2023 Super Bowl pick yet. Oh, the Kansas City Chiefs. <laughs> That'll be the easy way out. But, yeah, I'll, I'll lock that in right now to be safe. Yeah, I, I think I'm with you on that. What about the – do you do you have an NFC lean that we didn't talk about last week where you see Chiefs versus who? Because I've, I've got a sneaky one, and I know you'll like it. You know what? Let, let's spice up this podcast a little bit. I, for the AFC, I'll go with the New York Jets. I I just like that that they will get a quarterback, and I think they'll have the best defense in the league by far. So, 
AFC, I'm going to go the New York Jets. And NFC, I'll have to think a little bit. You know what? The way they played at the end of the year, I'm going to go with the Detroit Lions. Oh, man. That would be... That would be a Super Bowl. The Jets versus the Lions. The I last love stop that. The league. I absolutely love that. Yeah, I mean, both, both fan bases are just going to be happy to be there. Like, I, I, it's that Paul Rudd meme. Like, who would have thought? <laughs> Not me. Yeah, wouldn't expect either of them to be there three or four years ago. But that doesn't sound that crazy to me because we both love the Lions. We talked about them last week, and. If you know, if the Jets are able to get top twenty quarterback, even like like Mac Jones type play, they'll be in the divisional race, and I think they could win the conference with that defense. It is no joke. Yeah, and I I saw a little mock draft earlier, and they were in one sneaky pick that the Lions could get is get Bijan Robinson, that running back out of Texas. At number six or 18, depending on where his stock lands. But you put that guy, who's probably the best running back prospect we've seen since Saquon Barkley, put him behind probably the best run-blocking offensive line in the NFL. I think that team has the potential to be so good. And I, I see him using their cap room to fill up all the last spots in that defense. So I, I think – they're going to be an NFC powerhouse next year, and I th- I'm excited for Lions fans because they've waited a while for it. Yeah, they couldn't ever get it done with Megatron, but this might be the – coming into the season, I don't know if it's crazy to say this might be the best Lions team we've ever seen. Obviously, I wasn't alive for the Barry Sanders years, so I can't speak to those, but best Lions team that I've ever seen I don't think is a crazy statement. Oh, look, I – I'm going to do it. I'm fully ready to get my heart broken again. I'm going to take the Bengals because I think, again, like we talked about it this year, it's the last year on Burrow's rookie contract. They have all their picks. They've got money in free agency. Even if they get dudes for like one year and they're gone off the books come next year, I, I want it so bad. It's been so close for the last two years, and I think this is the year that they finally push through the AFC, get back to the Super Bowl, and they'll beat the Seattle Seahawks. Ooh, I love that one. I, I don't think I should be in the same room as anyone out here in the Pacific Northwest if that indeed comes to fruition, because either way I'll be too happy and I'll piss everyone off in the room or I'll be too angry and I'll be pissed off everyone in the room. So either way, it's a win-win for the podcast because I'll be the happiest person on the planet or the saddest person on the planet. Well, you'll be the happiest person on the planet, and I'll be the saddest person on the planet. Um, so, yeah, Bengals versus Seahawks. Bengals over Seahawks. Uh, I am already in 2023 mode. I'm so hyped for the season to get going and get underway. Like I said, free agency is just around the corner. Uh, it's March 15th it opens, so expect a lot of news Wednesday, and then we'll recap everything on the following week, because I, I thought about recording on, like, Thursday or Friday to talk about the news, but there's just going to be stuff dropping 
you know, at every hour for the next five days after the 15th. So figured just do it all in one fell swoop and we'll give our predictions on where guys go. And if anything happens with like Lamar, you know, what do the Jets do? Derek Carr, does he make up his mind? Does Aaron Rodgers get traded? I, I won't be shocked if we don't see anything about Lamar or Rodgers until it's closer to draft time. But um, it's a decent free agent class. I was looking at the top 100, and I'm excited to get into those next week. But, yeah, I think that's uh, – did you have any other notes or tidbits about the AFC before we take off? No, I'm really excited for the draft in the offseason and see how everything shakes up. I'm definitely uh, looking at teams like the Raiders, Patriots, um, and Ravens to possibly make some moves. So um, it, I think we'll get an exciting trade on draft night, just like A.J. Brown last year. So, And I think it's going to be one of – it's probably going to be Aaron Rodgers. I think we see him move on draft night. After talking about it for three straight years, it, it better happen this time because I'm sick and tired of hearing about, hey, he might be traded or he might go here or go there, and then it never happens, and he just sticks with Green Bay and continues to break the the hearts of AFC North fans. Um, it'd be fun, but I also think it'd be hilarious if he stayed in Green Bay after another offseason of, you know, the Packers can't stand Aaron Rodgers. Uh, we can't wait to get rid of him only – they can't seem to get rid of him for whatever reason. What is it with the Packers and messy divorces with their star quarterbacks? I don't understand. Yeah, it, it's kind of funny. I'd laugh if he goes to the Jets because then it's pretty much the same thing as Favre. You know, you, you have this great quarterback that brings you a Super Bowl and then goes to the Jets, and then I wonder if he returns if they boo him just like they did Favre. That just that shows the – the, you, you really don't know how good you have it until you don't have it anymore because the Packers, much like the Colts, had uninterrupted 20-ish years of great quarterback play. And then uh, look, we'll see how what Jordan Love is able to do. I am going to go out on a limb and say they don't hit gold for a third time in a row and get a Super Bowl champion for their quarterback. I don't think he's going to be bad, but that would just be mean if he ends up being great and a top 10 quarterback of all time. Cause I think Rogers is definitely that. And you can make the argument for Favre as well. Yeah. And that Packers fans would be the most spoiled people in the world. If that happened, like even more than Yankee fans, which, ah, oh, that, that, that would, it'd break my heart. Cause I'm tired of how spoiled they are. Yeah, I don't – can you think about any other team that's had three, not just good, but great quarterbacks in a row? Because I don't think it's ever happened before. The Colts are the closest that I could think of. They had two well, – one is unquestionably a top five quarterback of all time, and the other one I think was inarguably the best – one of the best players while he was playing for six years straight. I think the 49ers went from Montana oh, yeah. to Young. So that's another one, but I don't think they hit it off after that. I can't remember who their quarterback was, like Jeff Garcia or something like that. Yeah, and then the Cowboys had those lean years between Staubach and Aikman, too. But, um, yeah, the Steelers went years between Bradshaw and Roethlisberger. Yeah, Steelers I, were a laughing stock in the 
eighties and nineties that they were been so good since the two thousands though. I think I think a sneaky one is the Chargers. Drew Brees wasn't anything special while he was there, but Philip Rivers is an underrated quarterback, and we all love Justin Herbert. So I think yeah. we could give them give them that uh, nod. Yeah, but, but yeah, I, th- I think that's going to do it for this week. We uh, appreciate you all once again. My appreciation to Luke for coming on and recording and. Next week, we'll talk all about free agency and give some predictions that will definitely pan out and be totally 100% right, and it'll be a good time. So uh, with all that said, we'll talk to you all next week.